Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. We talked about out of Romans 12 the gifts that the Father gives through creation, that is, through your physical birth, being born in His image, and especially through your spiritual birth, how those gifts come alive and are empowered. We talked about them, the gift of prophecy, the bold willingness to stand in character and to stand on the Word of God ministry, the motivation to minister to and assist others. We talked about giving and leadership and teaching and exhortation and showing mercy. Go to the website. There's a few outlines left over there on the table. Last time we started talking about not the gifts of the Father, but the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Remember the Father gives spiritual gifts. The Son gives spiritual gifts. They are office gifts. For people like me with great amount of responsibility on them. And the Holy Spirit gives gifts. And last week we started talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Recognize, listen now, the gifts that the Father gives, you own it. He gave it to you. And the gifts of God are without repentance. He will not remove it. You own those. The gifts of the Son are not up for grabs. He makes choices, and uh, as long as we walk in faithfulness and obedience, we have that gift and the opportunity to express that gift. The gift doesn't leave. But the gifts of the Holy Spirit are owned by the Holy Spirit, and He gives them as He wills. You can't automatically walk in them just because you decide to or want to. They are revealed and manifested as He wills. So we call them manifestation gifts. Your spiritually wired gifts are called motivation gifts. It's where you are most successful. It's where you are most motivated spiritually. Ministry office gifts are there in Ephesians chapter 4. They are the office gifts that where Christ has made certain choices to invest in certain men and women office gifts. We'll get to that at another time. But these manifestation gifts are when the Holy Spirit chooses to reveal His character in a certain way. Now I said this last time and I want to repeat it. One of the problems I have had in the past is reading the list of the gifts and deciding there were some on the list I didn't want. Why would I do that? Always remember this. What you don't understand, you tend to run away from. If you don't understand it, which means you're not comfortable with it, you tend to resist it. But I want you to know, if the Father didn't want something special and wonderful for you, He wouldn't have called it a gift. 
I'll remind you what the Holy Spirit said to me in correction. He said, these are my gifts. How dare you decide that you don't want something that I decide come from me. The gifts are just that. The Bible refers to them as grace gifts. Gifts that flow out of the charis, out of the grace of God. And remember, the grace of God flows out of the love of God. So if every gift flows out of the love and grace of God, why would I not want to desire and ask for and walk in that gift? Only if I am uncomfortable. Can I tell you something? There's a great way to get over your discomfort about the gifts, and that is to ask God for a greater manifestation and revelation of how He feels about you, His love and grace. He's not going to force you to receive something that you're unwilling to receive. You didn't get saved until you were ready to receive the free gift of eternal life. He didn't make you have it. God will not force you to receive any gift. But I want you to notice something here. Chapter 14, verse 1, just by way of reminder, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. So if I'm not desiring spiritual gifts, what does that say about me? I'm being disobedient. So back to chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians, the manifestation gifts. Verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom. We talked about that at length last week. The word of wisdom is that special impartation from the Lord in the spirit of someone that gives them the ability to speak a word that gives perspective to situations. All of us have access to the general wisdom of God. James 1, 3 through 7 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him what? Ask of God who gives to who? All liberally and without finding fault. But ask in faith, nothing doubting. All of us are to ask for wit. Do you know that God can give you the ability to see things from his perspective? Do you know God knows a lot more about your business than you do? God knows everything there is to know about business. He knows everything there is to know about your profession. He knows everything there is to know about parenting and grandparenting. He knows everything there is to know about any circumstance or situation that you need perspective on. Wisdom is God's way of seeing things. But the word of wisdom is not just general. It is that ability, that special ability given by God to speak into a certain situation that brings absolute clarity and light and perspective to individually to someone who's seeking it or needing it. I pray for the word of wisdom all the time. Look, you got any responsibility whatsoever? Why don't you ask the Lord, not only for wisdom, which he says he will give it to you, but for a special gift, a word of wisdom. Why don't you ask him for that? What a blessing and what a, look, 
God has given you the opportunity to pray for the word of wisdom, it will not only help you be fulfilled in carrying out the character of Jesus, you might just enjoy some success if you had a word of wisdom spoken to you or through you. We talked about last time about the word of knowledge. That is that special gift where the Holy Spirit gives you divine insight that doesn't come through your human reasoning. We talked about an example of how Jesus used that word of wisdom walking under the Holy Spirit when he met with the woman at the well. He he knew and spoke things about her that caused her to hunger for himself. The word of knowledge is not to send you packing and running away from God. It is to be used as a gift that draws you to the Lord. Even if it is corrective in nature, and sometimes the word of knowledge is corrective. Now, the word of knowledge and the gift of prophecy are sometimes confused. We're going to get to prophecy in a minute. A word of knowledge is the revelation that God knows something that assists you. When you are told that, it assists you in seeking the next right step in pursuing the Lord. To another faith, that is, we all have a measure of faith granted to us, and we can increase that measure as we become more and more saturated with the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. It's not enough just to take the measure of faith you were spiritually born with and be done with it. It is to be developed and to grow. That comes through the coming of the Word of God into into our spirit man. To another gifts, plural, of healings. Gifts of healings. That is, that there are some people who walk in gifts whereby they are used as instruments through which the Holy Spirit grants healing. I don't believe in faith healers. How can you say that, Pastor? Well, let me say it again. I don't believe in faith healers. But I believe with all my heart in divine healing. There is nobody on the earth, I don't care how big a circus that they can create, that can heal at will. God can, and God does, and the Holy Spirit works, and He even uses human instruments through which He touches and heals. But don't ever think that it is a man or a woman that healed you. It is the gift of the Spirit of God. We have numerous people in our faith family who have been touched by the Lord and dramatically healed. Some of them instantly, some of them through process and and the wonderful gift of medical science being used. Gifts of healings can flow out of the Holy Spirit. And if you are weirded out by that, you've just never been sick enough to need a touch from God. Isn't it funny how need opens us up to a little bit different theology sometimes? (laughs) <laughs> uh, some of you didn't get that, but uh, I, I've, I, I have to laugh at that one. I've seen that so much. The gifts 
of healings, plural. Isn't it wonderful that the Lord out of his grace would some, but notice now, look at verse 11. Do we turn that on and off? Look at verse 11. One in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually how? I can pray for the gifts of healings to work through me, but I don't own it. It is done as he wills. And if you don't want the gifts of healings, then you've got a skewed idea of Jesus and his healing nature. There's almost every page of the Gospels Jesus is healing somebody. And the Word says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So why would he not want to do that? Why would he not want to do that? Let me tell you something else. If I am really sick and broken, if there's anybody in here who flows in the gifts of healings, I want you to pray for me. I know you don't own the gift. I know you don't turn it on and off. But if you have experienced the Lord using you in that way, I want you to pray for me. Unashamedly. We talked about last week... I know we didn't talk that much about this one, but we talked about the working of miracles. That is one of the gifts of the Spirit. To another, let me just ask this for a minute. How many of you know you've been, you have been operating at times in the word of wisdom? Stand up. The word of wisdom. What about the word of knowledge? What about faith? What about gifts of healings? What about miracles? Thank you. And I know some of you are reticent to stand. I just want you to take ownership of the gifts that God has used you in. A gift cannot be earned or deserved, it is granted. But just because it's granted doesn't mean we ought not to celebrate and enjoy it. Amen? Now today we come to the gift of prophecy. We talked about how prophecy was a motivation gift. That is, there are certain of us that have the gift of prophecy by which we're given strong messages from God and we're willing to stand boldly, strong in character and unwavering in position to say what God says with authority. But there is a Holy Spirit given gift of prophecy that if you go back to chapter 14 in verse 1, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may what? Well, what if the Lord tells me that I am to earnestly desire spiritual gifts and especially to prophesy, then what is that? Is that spiritual fortune telling? Uh, absolutely not. Let's look at some of the description of the gift of prophecy. 
First of all, I want you to look at verse 5 and see what the purpose of prophecy is. Let's define it. It is the special ability to hear and speak God's messages or images to others for the purpose of edification, that is strengthening or building them up. Exhortation, that is encouragement and even challenge. You can be called up or called out, but they both accomplish the same thing. And comfort. Pastor, where'd you get that? Look at verse 5. I'm sorry, verse 3. Verse 3, I I made a mistake on my outline there. It's 1 Corinthians 14, 3. He who prophesies speaks what? Edification, building up, exhortation, encouragement, and comfort to men. All right, look. The gift of prophecy's main purpose is to not be a spiritual fortune teller. It's not to be a manipulative guide, thou shalt do this. It is to edify, to build up, to encourage, and to comfort. This gift takes place powerfully under the anointed ministry of the Word. There are times when I'm ministering the Word that I know that the the gift of the Holy Spirit to prophesy, that is to speak encouragement, edification and comfort flows right out of the ministry of the word. But the gift can also be used spontaneously by the Holy Spirit and under the Holy Spirit's direction. That is, there are some times that the Holy Spirit will give you A word that is not to stay with you, it is to be deposited to somebody else for their building up encouragement or comfort. Their building up, their encouragement, their comfort. That is, that is biblical prophecy. Not some kind of forecasting the future. Now, sometimes the Holy Spirit will give you a, a, a word, if you are operating in that, the Holy Spirit will give you that word that you just know that you're supposed to deposit to somebody. And it doesn't have to be in a corporate setting. It can be individually and personally and privately. What I want us as a church to understand and to lay hold of and to grasp in ownership of, of asking the Lord to use us is that We begin to use these gifts, not only corporately, but individually with others. And not just here. The ministry is not really here. It's out there. This gift should be used by you right there in your office, right there with your customers, right there with your patients, right there with your clients, right there with your husband and wife and your children and your grandchildren and your friends. Let the gift of God, listen to the Holy Spirit. He wants to use you to minister this gift all over the place. It is a gift. It is beyond just natural natural words that flow out of the personality. There is power and authority behind it because it's generated by the Holy Spirit of God. Notice that we are all 
Chapter 14, verse 1, we are all to desire this gift. Here's a question for you, a little checkup. Are you praying that the Holy Spirit will use you in the gift of prophecy? It's like the Lord asked me one time, if not, why not? It would only be because I don't understand. And remember, what we don't understand, we tend to retreat from. God give us revelation and understanding. The gift of prophecy is not only to be desired, but we need to recognize, look in verse 29, we need to recognize that the gift of prophecy is accountable. And those who operate in it must be accountable. Do you know that in certain sections of the body of Christ now, there, are, there is such a desire for words of prophecy that there's not a whole lot of other stuff going on. But I want you to notice that in chapter 13, verse 9, the Bible says that we prophesy in part. It's only partial. It's not complete. And notice here in chapter 14 what he says in verse 29. That is, in an assembled group of believers... And I want you to recognize that in the early church when this was written, most of these were taking place in smaller venues where, and, and many of them in home venues. There wasn't a church building until about 400 A.D. So recognize that there probably wasn't nearly this many people involved and especially when you look at the mega congregations, he was speaking. And notice what he says. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. Why would you want to judge? And the word judge here is, is not negative. It is to discern. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first do what? Keep silent. What does that say to you? It lets you know that if you are operating in this gift in a corporate setting, that you ought to recognize that you are not God's gift to humanity and you have all authority over everybody else. One of the problems with those who walk in prophecy is that it can easily creep over into, I have given you direction, you didn't go by it. You better watch that now. Because there's not but one who has earned the right to be your teacher and guide, and that is the Holy Spirit of God. Others can love you and want good things for you, but guess what? All of us with this stuff on, every one of us, and I'm acutely aware of my own failings, we don't understand it all. We're just on a journey. In fact, I want to say this right now. And I know many of you are involved in a lot of different ministries, and I think that's wonderful. But I want you to know this. 
when there is somebody constantly, continually giving out multiple prophetic words, it has the potential and even the tendency to start flowing out of the mind instead of the spirit. And the prophet, the one prophesying, don't even know the difference. That is the reason right there that we just read the scriptures. When somebody gives a word of prophecy, let others judge to see whether it is accurate, whether it is a genuine word. Well, pastor, when somebody speaks a word over me, how do I know if it's really genuine? All right, you ready for this? Not in your outline. This is free. Does it line up with the Word of God? That's not going to change. Does it line up with the inner witness of the Holy Spirit in you? He's the teacher. He's the guide. Does it line up with the inner witness? Does it ring true in your inner man? Does it stand the light of mature believers who have heard from the Lord a long time? Does it... Does it does it stand the, the test of maturity? And four, does it stand the test of time? If God says something, it's true. You know what happened to Old Testament prophets that missed it? They were stoned to death. Thank God we don't have to operate in that. They didn't have... The completed canon of Scripture, and they didn't have the witness of the Holy Spirit as we did as we do today. But look, notice what it says here. Verse 30: if something is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent, for you can all prophesy one by one that you may learn and all may be encouraged. Wow. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. So, the primary purpose of the gift of prophecy is to encourage, to build up, and to comfort fellow believers. What's the next gift in chapter 12? The discerning of spirits. Verse 10 the discerning of spirits. Now, that's, this is as far as I'm going to go today. I'm going to get to tongues and interpretations next time I teach. I want you to be here because there's so much misunderstanding about this, and when there's misunderstanding, there's fear. And when there's fear and misunderstanding, there's chaos and disorder. None of those are the desire of the Lord. He wants, to know the, uh, wants us to know the truth, so I'm going to go into that in more detail, but let's look today at the discerning of spirits, and we'll close. It is the special ability to recognize the spiritual source and motivation behind activities, even in a spiritual environment. It, 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 yes, it operates out there in your business. Yes, it operates there in your home and all your social circus, circles, but it also operates in a corporate setting where you think nothing can happen, that everything said is legit because it's in a spiritual setting. How many of you know that Lucifer was right there in the setting of heaven, but he had rebellion in his heart and got kicked out of heaven? 
The discern, listen, the discerning of spirits is the ability to see what spirit is, is driving certain words and motives and activities. Is it a spirit that flows out of the heart of God, or is it a spirit that is under the headship and influence of the evil one? You say, where'd they come from? Well, the Bible lets us know that one-third of the angels of heaven followed Lucifer in his rebellion to take over the throne of God. The Bible talks about different spirits. Familiar spirits, dividing spirits, spirit of fear. So understand that when we operate and we need this gift, we need the discerning of spirits to recognize what is the spiritual empowerment behind this activity. What is going on here? Why, why would we need that? If you really want to know why you would need that, you don't get out very much, do you? It can get really confusing. Can't it? Why would it get so hard to discern the spirit that is motivating certain behavior? Because the devil is a master deceiver. That is his character. Jesus said he is a liar and the father of lies. The truth does not reside in him. He's a deceiver. You cannot be defeated if you will not be deceived. The discerning of spirits is the ability to see behind that which is on the surface. And the wisdom and the discernment. They're inseparable partners. You know, Proverbs 2 tells us verses 3 through 7, that we ought to cry out for wisdom and discernment. Are you doing it? Cry out for it. Philippians 1.9 says that we ought to grow more and more in the revelation of the love of God with all discernment. The ability to understand the intricacies of God's love and not be deceived. But I want you to turn last to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. This gift is in operation at a very deep and specific level. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now, chapter 4, verse 1 of 1 Timothy. Now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. Wow. Giving heed to deceiving spirits. I told you he was a deceiver. And doctrines of demons. Did you know the devil has his own doctrine? And he's mixed enough truth in it to make it appealing. Forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received 
with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified, set apart by the word of God in prayer. That's why you have a blessing. You're setting it apart for the glory of God to nurture your body, which is his temple, and you are declaring it clean. So go ahead and have some barbecue today. I may do that myself. That's a good word. Now, I know some of you don't like that, but hey, loosen up a little bit. All right, now, the doctrine of demons and the spirits, spirits, plural, of deception. How does the spirit of deception get an entrance to be at work in the context of a Christian family, a Christian business person, a church? How does that happen? How does a spirit of deception begin to work in any of those contexts? The door is open by, by the ignorance of the truth or by the choice to believe lies. The ignorance of the knowledge of the truth revealed in God's Word by His Spirit or the choice to believe lies in the face of revelation of what the truth is. So what should we do? We should constantly ask the Lord, to show us lies that we have believed or are believing or are vulnerable to. And you can see it all throughout our culture. There are doctrines set up by demons that are based in deception, leading people away from the shed blood of Jesus and salvation through no one else. totally opposite of the clear teaching of the Word of God and yet calling it the truth, substituting the document that God has given and protected and anointed for human experience. All of us are subject to deception. We need the gift of the discerning of spirits. What a precious and wonderful gift. I have been honored for 43 years to have as my soulmate a woman who walks regularly under the gift of the discerning of spirits. She has kept me out of the ditch. She has helped me see things that I never saw coming. Through the operation of that gift. It's powerful. 
It's valuable. So I don't know about you, but I've seen a bunch of these already that I'm asking God to let me experience and work in. Here's what I want you to do. As you become aware, listen, as you become aware of some of these gifts that you are desiring and some that the Lord tends to use you in, I want you to feel free to let me know what those gifts are, and I I want you to feel free to ask the Holy Spirit to show you how you're to use those gifts. Now, they're primarily used out there in your world. But they're also given as a corporate gift to the church. You know what the Lord has said to me? Do not forbid spiritual gifts. Even the ones that I used to be afraid of. When you begin to understand and see the truth, you're not afraid anymore. It's a gift of love and grace. Okay? Well, you've got a real treat next week. Jeremiah will be preaching for us again. I want you to pray for Pastor Joe as he pastors the Trace Diaz this weekend uh, out at Cook Springs with multiplied people out there for this wonderful retreat. He's the overseeing pastor there this weekend. Let's all stand. Would you pray this prayer with me? Mighty God, because your word says it, and because I want to honor you, I will pursue love with all my heart. Give me greater revelation of it. But I also desire spiritual gifts. Reveal to me those gifts that you have already given me that motivate me in my spirit man and also reveal to me the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you want to manifest in and through me to bring glory to you. I want you to receive glory, so I hereby submit my own will to you. I ask you especially that I may prophesy, that I may hear your word, and that I may speak your word to bring edification, exhortation, and comfort to your people. I want to be your servant. In the name of Jesus, remind me of the truth of your word. Amen. Well, we'll see you next time. Thank you for being here. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.